Here we go again with the Big Ten Football Focus Podcast. As always, your host, Tyler Fessler, rocking with you. And I cannot wait to get into our first preview podcast of the year. Uh, Up until this point, you know, you had our introduction podcast. We've had our two preview podcasts of the conferences. We are finally here. Football is upon us. That sweet, sweet aromatic flavor is in the air you can smell it you can feel it football season is upon us so i'm excited to get into this with you guys today wherever you're listening however you may be listening podcast uh, a myriad of, uh, of other ways right i hope you enjoy it uh, just to kind of give you guys a preview of what we're going to be talking about uh, a couple things have changed since the last time that we spoke uh, with the previews so we're going to be kind of discussing that top 25 was released and then we'll be going uh diving into the big uh, 10 week zero it's kind of what they're calling it now i don't really understand it we'll get into that uh, we have two games nebraska and northwestern wyoming and illinois we'll be breaking it down questions that we have going into the game and then also uh the the lines as well with betting uh, if you want to take the money line uh, the spread different kind of, of props that you might want all of those things will be discussed we're going to keep this short sweet and simple and we're going to be rocking with you today so sit back relax and let's talk some big 10 football so to start off like i said since the last time that we spoke uh you listened we did our preview podcast right with with the two conferences we kind of talked about what they're going to be looking like and now since then our uh, ap top 25 our first preseason poll uh released and we're going to go over that and then i'm going to kind of counter dick myself but I, I i know a lot of people like top 25 so we're going to go over it a few teams in the top 25 coming in at number two you had the ohio state buckeyes coming in at number eight you had the michigan wolverines coming off of uh you know a playoff appearance they put them at eight interesting coming in at 15 you have the michigan state spartans coming in at 18 you had the wisconsin badgers and a couple other notable names that were or, you know teams that we're going to be talking about we've got notre dame coming in at number five big time question mark and then um, a future Big Ten team, USC, coming in at number 14. Um, on the other teams that were receiving votes, Iowa, 163. Penn State had 160. Minnesota had 31. Purdue at 17. And another future Big Ten team, UCLA, at number two. Now, I don't want to dive super far into UCLA and USC. I just wanted to throw them in because they will eventually be in the Big Ten. So... I know a lot of people like the top 25. It is fun. It gets us back into it. It's media voted. It's completely a, a media narrative, if you want to use that word, right? The story that the media is trying to set up. And year after year, the top 25 is a complete and total sham. At least the preseason is. I absolutely hate it. I, I cannot tell you the disdain I have for having a preseason top 25. Not only in, in, in the past, right, did we have new recruits, uh, coaching changes, uh, you know, kids transferring, not as much as we do now. Uh, and I thought it was silly when I was a little kid. Uh, I would see teams and you're like, why are they in the top 25? They went four and eight last year, <laughs> USC. Uh, why are they? Oh, I don't know, but but they're in, they're in the top 25 because we think they're, they're number 14 team in the nation despite, you know, last year's um, success, I guess, if you want to say it, whatever. Uh, but I know, like I said, a lot of people like it. But when you really think about it, you're putting Notre Dame at number five. A Notre Dame team who has lost their, their head coach, right, and kind of a head scratcher there. You have a first-year coach, Marcus Freeman. Nothing against the guy. Uh, I believe he was their uh, defensive coordinator. I don't know how he's going to be as a head coach. 
what is his recruiting class going to be like? Can he handle Notre Dame pressure? Or is a media narrative where when they lose uh, to Ohio State and then they go 3-1, and one, go into BYU, maybe beat BYU, right? And then uh, by the end of the year, they play USC and they're 10-1. You know, and one, You can say, well, psh, they, they, you know, they beat Ohio State. What are you talking about? Despite having a fairly weak schedule, uh, they were number five to start off in the year. So we're going we're gonna to push this narrative. And I do notice at times with teams, uh, you look at, at other teams around the country, uh, you, well, let's just take a team like Texas. And for all intents and purposes, right, they start off last year, number 21 in the nation, end up five and seven. In 2020, number 14, they end up seven and three. In 2019, number 10, and Eight and five in 2018, they're number 23. They lose to Maryland. Eventually, go 10 and four. Not a bad season. And then 2017, number 23, seven and six. Right. So last year, Texas was was supposedly the 21st best team in the nation, and they don't even make it to a bowl game. So I absolutely hate the top 25, and I I don't mind ranking teams. But again, I think the problem that we have in college football right now is the subjectiveness of the ranking system. Who's to say what what team is better than, than the other? Now, you can look at stats. You get into it. You can, you can kind of tell with your eyes. I think it's more of an eye test. You can see with your eyes what's going on. But who's to say that you know a game in the horseshoe against Notre Dame is as impressive as Jordan O'Hare Stadium, Auburn, right? All of these things are completely subjective, and it just feels that like the, the the writers and the people who vote on these things, you know, they take into account. But are they watching the Pac-12? Now the Pac-12 has has not been much to talk about the last few years. But are they watching? Are they staying up uh, till you know two in the morning watching the University of Utah play? They have them at number seven this year. Congratulations, University of Utah. But this is why I I don't like top twenty-five. I don't like top twenty-five in general. If I was to release a top twenty-five, I think that it should be held off until about the fourth week. Of of the season when you can really have an accurate depiction of everything. I'm sorry, I, again, I don't want to bash on teams because it's your schedule. I do think the scheduling can be revamped, but but with Iowa, we'll say that you know they receive 163 votes. They beat South Dakota State, a good FCS program, but they beat them nonetheless. We'll say they beat them by by you know two touchdowns, right? Does that show us anything more? Does that move them within the top 25 any less than the week before? beating an FCS team. Now, once when they beat South Dakota State, Iowa State, Nevada, Rutgers, maybe there's an argument there. Or Michigan, week five. Okay, I personally like tiers. I think that there is a certain bubble of teams that can win every single year. You can call it, you know, a, a, an F, a FBS championship bubble. I think there are about seven, maybe eight teams that could realistically be in that bubble. And then everyone else is just kind of competing to get into the New Year's Six Bowls, right? Some teams, if you're in the lower conferences, are trying to get into a bowl game period, which I don't think you should do away with bowl games because a team like Wyoming, who we'll be talking about earlier, that is the absolute highlight because they're not going to be going to a New Year's Six bowl game and nor should anyone expect them to. Uh, I And so that's the highlight of the year is is that New Year's Six. So that's that's their goal. And I don't think you should take away their goal. Now, a team like Ohio State has, has playoff ambitions, right? They should be ranked amongst the best every single year. That's how it should be. And there's that little bubble. And teams kind of go in and out of that bubble. 
Michigan entered that bubble last year. They had a really good year last year. What are they going to do this year? Are they going to revamp or are they going to kind of pull back? Are they within that championship tier or are they just in the chase pack? You know, they need a couple things to go right. You look at TCU uh, when, you know, the whole inception of, of the playoff was. They needed a couple things to go right, them and Baylor, and it didn't happen. Ohio State got in instead of them. So when you look at things like that, you can kind of see, uh, I guess, what why I'm a little bit more uh, reluctant to have a top 25. I don't like preseason. I don't like postseason rankings because everything's switching. The transfer portal has proven that. Everything is being flipped upside down. And so for me to say that one team is better than the other is completely arbitrary right now. That's why I said you throw Notre Dame at five, why not? Throw USC, they go 14, uh, or number, at number 14, they go four and eight last year. Hey, why not? They didn't even go to a bowl game, but they have Lincoln Riley and Caleb Williams. A couple good transfers, but we, they need a complete and total re, uh, reconstruction of that roster in order to get the 14th ranked. Maybe they'll prove me wrong this year. We'll see. They're a Pac-12 team. When they enter the Big Ten, we'll be talking about them. But hey, it's 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 tough to say right now. Anyway, so that's kind of my uh, top 25 rant. I wanted to get that information out there. So now let's get into the reason why why you're listening to this podcast. Now we're going to be breaking down two games. Uh, college football kind of started this uh, a few years ago. They started calling it week zero, where they have a couple of games uh, a few uh, days before the, the you know the the regular season starts, where everyone plays, right? And we've got two Big Ten games. There's some other games out there, but we're just going to be focusing. We have two Big Ten games, uh, three teams that will be playing. We have a Big Ten uh, opener right out of the gate, and it will be played in Dublin, Ireland. We've got the Nebraska Cornhuskers against the Northwestern Wildcats, and I cannot wait to jump into this. Now, just to give you a little bit of a preview, how we'll be breaking down on these uh, these previews, we'll be talking about the line uh, and, and gambling. I do like that. I think it adds a different element besides just saying, I think Nebraska is going to win. Uh, okay, well, is Nebraska going to win by 10 and a half? You have to ask yourself. It's a little bit more complex, a little bit deeper thinking, and requires a little bit, uh, you know, a little bit more forethought than just saying, I'm taking Nebraska. You know, screw it. Whatever. So, uh, those of you who are out there that like to gamble, uh, you know, please, please gamble responsible responsible i will i'll always say that but these are just kind of my picks and then i will also be doing uh you know a segment or, or we'll go over the picks the next week and i'm going to admit where i'm wrong because i'm wrong a lot i'm right a lot and we're going to be kind of rolling with that uh in this season so nebraska and northwestern are off to dublin it is the first game of the year and i don't know if you have a harder time picking a a team to win this one there's so many aspects about both of these teams right both coming off of more or less to be desired right more to be desired years three and nine seasons uh scott frost basically uh was told this is your when you're just kind of thinking about those teams, you're like, okay, this is going to be a really interesting matchup. Uh, of course, Northwestern has always bounced back after subpar seasons, and now it's Nebraska's turn to see if they can go ahead and turn that around. You've got a fifth-year coach against a 17th-year coach, and again, you're playing in Dublin, Ireland. You're not in the United States, and you have zero tape on the team from the year before. Nebraska, like I said, has really a complete and total overhaul on the defensive end. Be really interesting to see what happens. Right now, when you're looking at the betting lines, you're looking at, uh, you know, the current lines. Right now, uh, as I'm recording this podcast, it's sitting about 
uh, minus 12 in Nebraska's favor. So for those of you who are, and that's the spread for those of you who are not uh, accustomed to, to betting lines and stuff, when I when I say a plus minus score, right, minus 12 or plus 12, it means that one team is favored by 12 points. So if you're sitting at your, at your house right now, car, uh, at work, wherever you're listening to this podcast, you can kind of think to yourself, I think Nebraska is going to win. And if you think that Nebraska is going to win, you would take Nebraska on the money line. No harm, no foul. The, those odds are over there. You know, you, you, you say, I think Nebraska is going to win. Now, the more fun part is, okay, is Nebraska going to win by 12 points? And when you kind of sit back and you think, you're like, you know what? Yeah, I, I, I think they can. Then you're taking Nebraska. You're hoping that they win by 12. But if they win by 11, it's Northwestern. Northwestern gets the money, and you would lose money in, in that scenario. So those are kind of the things that we'll be talking about as far as spreads and money lines. Now, this spread opened up about 10.5, and, and I'm surprised that it's climbed up to 12. I wouldn't be surprised if it continues to climb as we get closer to uh, kickoff. Oh, there's a lot of Nebraska fans, and uh, even though I don't think Nebraska has warranted enough money coming in on them, and when you look back, they did beat Northwestern last year, uh, the year before they lost, the year before that they won, uh, the year before that they lost, and then the year before that they lost again. So they're two and three in the last five years. And uh, I believe when you're when you get into the I need to go back and, and look at the betting lines, um, but I believe they were favored in most, if not all of them. So two and three isn't a great record. And then you're looking on the Northwestern side. Obviously, I have a ton of questions. I want to see what the defense looks like coming back. They do bring back a lot of offensive starters. Can they establish the run game early? Can they play, uh, make Nebraska play into their hands? Nebraska in years past likes to go faster than what Northwestern does. Typically, typically Northwestern's taking their out of the ball. They're being methodical. They're moving down. They're winning matchups. You know, 12, 13, 14 plays. They're giving their defense rest. I've seen in the past Nebraska is this high-powered, really quick offense. I have a lot of questions of, at, at, as far as the pace of the game. You know, if, if uh, Northwestern's winning uh, the possession uh, by, you know, five, six, seven minutes going into halftime, which is a lot in a football game, uh, then you're going to know kind of who's going to be winning the ball, uh, winning the ball game, right? And then if you're looking at it for Nebraska, if they're forcing turnovers and they're able to hold Northwestern on key third downs, uh, which I believe, you know, from what I, what I remember in the years past, they have struggled on that third down. I remember particularly in the Michigan game last year. Uh, if they can stop on third down, you can kind of start telling it in your mind, okay, they got to stop there. They were able to kind of let the air out of the ball. Nebraska goes down and scores. Those kinds of things are the things I want to see. I want to see how Nebraska's offense is humming. Uh, usually defense plays better at the beginning of the year and offense plays better at the end of the year. At times, it can take a while for offense to gel. Now, if you have a leader quarterback, that those, those aspects can change. But uh, there's a lot of questions, and hopefully by the next time that we're chatting, uh, that we're talking about you know, uh, Big Ten football, that we have these questions answered. So for my prediction, uh, I'm always going to throw it out. We're going to keep a running tally to see how I do. Uh, we'll be keeping track of the money line on top of the spread uh, on top of that, and uh, we'll see how we do this year. Hopefully we can do well. And uh, I believe we're going to be bringing on some friends to do some picks as well once when the season kind of gets rolling along. So uh, we have a lot of fun things planned in this regard, but I'm going to be taking uh, Northwestern plus 12. So I think that, you know, right now, uh, if I see that line creep up higher, if I am watching the line right, it goes to 13, 14, 15. I'd be taking 
Northwestern with the points. The higher it goes, the more it gets closer to that 10, that 10 mark, I think I would be a little nervous. If you're really confident uh, in Nebraska being able to cover, go for it. If you think Northwestern, hey, it's going to be close, which I think it's going to be, uh, mainly being the, the first game of the season and then not being not being played at, you know, it's at a neutral site, not in the United States of America. Uh, I'm going to say, I want to, my prediction is Nebraska 31 to 24. I could also see it being Northwestern 31 to 24. I think it's going to be a touchdown game. And I think, I, like I said, it's all going to be about the possession. What is type of possession going to be? Who is it favoring? Is Nebraska getting those key third down stops? Are they able to, to in coaching scenarios, win that battle? Can Frost outcoach Pat Fitzgerald in key coaching where you have to take a timeout there or, you know, punt there, take a field goal there? Those are the things I'm going to be watching. Can't wait for this one. And the final game that we're going to be talking about today is Wyoming. Uh, they will be tra- traveling to Illinois uh, in the first game of the season. Excited to watch this game as well. Uh, Brett Bielema getting the fighting Illini, uh, hopefully back on track. Like I said in my preview, Illinois needs to start fast if they want to make it to a bowl game. And starting fast is winning your first three games, Wyoming at Indiana, home against Virginia. You've got two home games. You're hoping 3-0, and if not 2-1 and out of this stretch. If you're an Illinois fan, but for for you, good news. Uh, Illinois is actually six and one straight up out of uh, home games over the last uh, seven years. Their only loss coming in 2020, and that was to Wisconsin, which they lost seven to 45. Uh, and they're five and two against the spread, so they do really well their first games of the season. Usually, they're playing. Uh, teams that aren't super great. Last year, they did beat uh, Nebraska, but you know, years before Akron, Kent State, Ball State, MAC opponents, FCS opponents. So you're getting a Mountain West uh, team that's down. I think that this uh, Illinois team is going to be able to go all over them. I am excited to see the Illinois offense. Um, they didn't score as many points. They, I believe, they were they averaged about three touchdowns a game, and their defense led up about three touchdowns. Uh, Wyoming likes to pass. So the the Illinois secondary is really, really going to be tested in this game, which again will prepare them for that Indiana game. And you're on a short week because you're playing Indiana the following week. Uh, but I really do like the fighting Illini uh, in in this scenario. I want to see year two with Bielema. Was year one uh, a fluke getting to five wins? Because Illinois uh, you know, hadn't been to five wins since for, for a couple of years. Uh, and then before that, you know, 2014. It, it had been a while since they got to a bowl game, 2019 they get to a bowl game, right? So those are the kind of things that I want to watch. Uh, I know Bielema is a good coach. I know he has a great coaching pedigree. It's not that. I think it's more so uh, the execution. Can they get into a rhythm? How does their defense look? How does their secondary look? And then are they getting pressure to the quarterback? Uh, and and I think that they can do this against Wyoming. I think it will be close through half. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it was like 14 to 10. Uh, but I don't think uh, Wyoming will be able to have the legs. Again, it being the first game of the year, I think that uh, second half adjustments favor heavily, heavily on the Illinois Illini side as far as coaching staff and, and stuff goes on that. So 
I'm excited. I, I think that Illinois is, if, you know, Illinois fans, you're you're in for a good season. Uh, right now, the 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 lines opened at minus nine and a half uh, for Illinois. So if you got that, uh, you're probably feeling pretty good because it's now switched in uh, against you, where it's crept all the way up to ten and a half um, at ten at some books. As I'm looking at the Action Sports app, uh, just to see where what different gambling uh, numbers you can get. So between ten and ten and a half, I think Illinois. Uh, pulls away in the second half. I don't think it's high scoring. I think 24 to 10 is a very realistic score. And then I'd be taking Illinois on the money line and then um, then plus the points as well. So I'll be eating the points. Uh, I need to have Illinois win by 10 or more, which I do. 24 to 10 would beat them by two touchdowns. Uh, and then we'll see what they'll be able to do as far as, uh, you know, traveling to Indiana uh, that next week. And we'll be doing, like I said, we'll be doing a little preview podcast uh, prior to that. So those are my two picks. Week zero. Uh, it's it's low-key. It's relaxed. I'm enjoying it. I hope you guys are enjoying uh, this podcast as much as uh, myself. Like I said, a lot of big things planned. We're going to hopefully be bringing on some guests. We'll be doing some pickups, and then I would even like to, to invite some of our fans on the podcast. Uh, in the past, I've done different podcasts with uh, fans on other podcasts, right? Where we brought them on, and you guys pick them. Uh, maybe we'll do a poll uh, through Twitter once when everything uh, gets set up there, and uh, you guys pick. What what is your favorite pick of the week? Do you want the money line? Do you want the spread? What what is that going to be looking like? Excited for this season. Week zero is our first step. We've got there, ladies and gentlemen. We've made it to college football. It is football time. My wife had that oh crap look on her face when I was watching preseason football the other day. So I'm excited that it, we are back. We do. We have football until you know February of 2023. That sounds glorious. And we've got college football for the foreseeable future. Uh, it's getting into a little bit cooler. We're getting into spooky season. The kids are back in school. Man, I love fall. I love summer as well. But fall is a very very special time of the year. Be sure to subscribe uh, so you guys are notified uh, wherever you get your podcast, whether it's Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, wherever you're listening, be, her- be sure to smash that subscribe button so then you get these podcasts. We'll be keeping it, uh, these preview podcasts, hopefully around this uh, you know 20-minute mark and uh, hope you guys uh, have a wonderful day. Until week one, enjoy week zero.